Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hello, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is wonderful. I feel like you hit the L in our last name like really hard that time. And I almost never do perform it that way or hear it that way. It gets, there's a lot of vowels in there and it gets kind of mumbly. And so right. I, I try really hard to kind of say each syllable precisely. And I appreciate that. It shows a certain re- like reverence for the brand. <laughs> I'm relatively new to this last name. I know. And I, 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 you know, I stumble in like a drunkard off the street. Like, I'm McElroy. <laughs> I'm McElroy. It could be spelled any which way. Mm-hmm. There may or may not be an L in there. But you come in here with your eloquent diction. Thank you. And you just smash it right out of the freaking park, man. Thank you so much. Now, your first name, you could use some help with that. Your first name, you could... Yeah, you could, I stumble I through got, that? I got some notes. If you're taking <laughs> notes. Uh, this is a show where we talk about things that are good, things that are wonderful, things that are nice, that are lifting us up, that are the winds beneath our wings. Mm-hmm. And there are still those things, and that's good. And I want to talk about a small wonder, which is this fresh, flirty, fun, might I even say sexy haircut that my wife, Rachel, gave me <laughs> last night in our bathroom with a razor. I did a little touch-up work on the bangs. You say with a razor, but I feel like that's that's a with little electric, misleading. Ele- a tr- a clippers, 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 electric clippers. I mm-hmm. uh, used a size, well, she used a size six guard, mm-hmm. uh, faded up to an eight, full eight up mm-hmm. on the top. Listen, we're not trying to go <laughs> crazy here, right? We're not we're trying to reinvent the wheel. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, ooh, it looks good. You do, you look fresh. I feel good. God, Mm -hmm. it's the longest I've gone without getting a haircut in a very, very long time. And uh, I feel a lot better. I feel a great weight has been lifted off my scalp, I guess. Oh, yeah. Do you have a small wonder? Uh, I am going to say the the outdoor fan. The outdoor fan. The outdoor fan. It's a a wind you can conjure up with technology. Uh Uh-huh. You don't might have, say electricity. You don't even have to wait for Mother Nature. Mm-hmm. You say, I am Mother Nature. Mm-hmm. We uh, have a very nice deck that we have invested time into, but still don't spend a lot of hours, you know, sitting out there. The mosquitoes have invested more time into yes, it. Yes, yes. And so Griffin said, this, this, is, this is the time. Yes. I'm putting a fan up. I'm doing it. Let's not wait a day longer. And uh, I'm grateful for it. And now these dumbass mosquitoes fly up like, time to bite you. But then they get caught up in a whirlwind (laughs) of our own creation and are blown hither and yon. Take that, you fucking bloodsuckers. God, I hate mosquitoes so much. I know. As much as we talk about things we love on this show, I could fill an entire another podcast of just like bad shit with just mosquitoes. Uh What the fuck are they doing? Who do they think they are? Yeah, I don't know. They're not good bugs. People are like, don't don't kill spiders because they're cool and they eat other bugs. And it's like, yeah, for sure. I'm with you on that. If a bee is flying around, don't get scared of it that it's going to sting you. It's more scared of you. Honeybees are great. Skeeto? Get the fuck out of here, Skeeto. Yeah. No, now we're going to get comments on the Facebook like, actually, Skeetos are. Uh, excuse me. I am a mosquito. I'm a mosquito and I think we're pretty cool. <laughs> uh, hey, I go first this week. Okay. I wanted to, this one's going to be so quick. I felt foolish a little bit while preparing it because I was like, ooh, I want to talk about this. But then I was like, I will be able to talk about this for about 90 seconds and then that will be it. Uh, it kind of evolved though, this topic. I want to talk about remixes of Carly Rae Jepsen songs. <laughs> You're laughing because I sent you one of these this morning. Like, you gotta, 
you got to well, jam just, on I this. feel like you're going to find at least a dozen ways to talk about Carly Rae Jepsen. Just the minutia. Listen, just to make sure that we continue to keep her in the orbit. I use all the parts of the CRJ Buffalo, okay? <laughs> and right now, the Buffalo part that I'm using is the remixes of her songs, because guess what? There's a billion, jillion of these. There's so, so many remixes of Carly Rae Jepsen songs. I couldn't quite put my finger on why. Uh, I guess, I think it's just because, like, her music is kind of poppy and accessible in a way that, like, makes it kind of easy to chop and screw. Like, it's made up of different sort of constituent components that are easy to kind of, like, dissect and then do your own sort of thing with. Well, yeah, and, like, if a song is a bop, like, you want to remix it. You want to, like, bring a new dance energy to it, I feel like. Yeah, so she has released a ton of, uh, like, EP-length albums that are... Uh, remixes of some of her her you know biggest songs. Uh, the one that uh, showed up in a uh, Discover Weekly list for me, and I've just been listening to nonstop because I'm just crazy about it, is a remix of "Run Away with Me" off her seminal album uh, "Emotion" uh, by an electronic music artist named Embers E M B R Z all caps in the cool way. And uh, I am just so wild about this this remix. He's a Embers is an Irish DJ at, who is all about making sort of soft dance music, like dance music that is not all like hard drops and pulsating beats, but just kind of like a little bit gentler than that, which I really appreciate. I think you could kind of slot it into uh, the future bass genre, which is something I'm very very into right now, which is just sort of like weirder percussion and like pulsating synths and just sort of gentle gentle drops uh and that future is base? that's a that's a thing that's, that's a, like thing. a thing that's a genre yes okay. future base um and yeah i'm gonna play a little bit of this remix right now uh so you can get a feel for it Background synth, that like wobbly, like sawtooth synth over the chorus is like my favorite sounding thing. Like I love how uh, when it's, uh, you know, a sound like that is like gated and wobbly that like intensely, like it kind of messes with your ears. I guess that's my ASMR is wobbly synths. Uh, But I also really like um, uh, vocal chops where an artist can like take uh, an acapella vocal performance and then like turn it into its own instrument by just putting in little clips of it here and there to like turn it into a new thing. I think that's so cool. Do you feel like you have a new appreciation for this kind of music now that you create music? Yeah, I, uh, this is the type of music that like if I could be, if I if I was like very, very skilled at uh, like synth work, like making my own sort of synth sounds inside of synth engines and uh, you know, mixing and mastering to a degree that I'm just like, I don't know how to do. Uh, this is the kind of music that like, I feel like I would want to make because it's so cool. Like, it sounds it sounds so cool and it's so listenable. And I really have been listening to like this song and, and other like sort of future bassy stuff like nonstop. Um, but yeah, I think so. Like I at least know a little bit more of the language. I feel like you're able to pick out like distinct sounds better than I do. Like I don't listen to music, I think the same way that you do. Well, I don't know. I think... Uh, I think I feel that way about this particular genre because this particular genre is all about the sort of specific layering of 
just a ton of different sounds. Yeah. What I really, really like about this genre and this song um, and more of Embers' stuff is that uh, you listen to it and it's because it is sort of gentler, because it is sort of quieter, you assume it is like a simpler thing. But there's actually a ton of stuff going on, like little clicks and pops that you may not realize or like steady background uh, you know, ambient effects that you don't realize until you like listen to it a little bit more critically and realize like, oh, actually there's a, there's a lot of very, very specific stuff going on here that I, I really, really appreciate. Um, and yeah, there's a lot. I just, I really like a good remix. I like a good remix, especially of a song that you already really, really enjoy because it's like you've, you've found another facet of what makes that song good. I feel like at the beginning of every remix, someone needs to shout, it's the remix, right? That would be helpful just to let me know. It gets me more hype. Like, oh no, here we go. Oh no, oh no, oh no would be your reaction? Well, I'm trying to keep it clean. If Billy Ray Cyrus, oh, you didn't want to say. I didn't want to say a curse. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, you're very. I guess I could have said, oh dang. Yeah, that would have been better. <laughs> oh, not, no, not, oh no, oh no makes it sound like. It. <laughs> right, that makes it sound like if Billy Ray Cyrus opened up the remix of Old Town Road, like, oh no, <laughs> I'm about to do it. Uh, yeah, oh, and there's another remix that I found here just because I wanted to play another one of, of Carly Ray Jepsen's. Uh, of Party for One, which I don't think I've talked about on this show before. Oh, yeah. Fuck that song rules. It's probably Good. my favorite song off her newest album. Uh, this is an, they put out uh, a, a full EP of just remixes of Party for One, and this is uh, one of those remixes by uh, More Giraffes to take us out. Hey, what's your first thing? My first thing, and this, you're going to think maybe we've talked about this before, but I think we've only indirectly talked about it. Okay. And that is The Sound of Water. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm not talking about the film with the uh, the fish man. I'm talking about the actual, okay. the pleasing sound of water. Do you think they will make a sequel to the sexual fish man movie called The Sound of Water, <laughs> in which they become a sort of like country Americana duo, oh. but under the, under the sea? I do enjoy that a lot. The fish man in a cowboy hat? Come yeah, on. it'd be good. It would, it would be like a star is born, but <laughs> sort of a, aquatic. Oh, I love that. Can you... Um... I think it would go a little something like this. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> because they're underwater that's incredible that you can just pull that just at a moment's notice (laughs) that's the part where she like you know so nice i know hey can i tell you about my thing taste of water well i'm glad you asked that one's gonna be like the bradley cooper cooking movie that i can't remember the name of yeah Oh, Bradley Cooper runs the gamut of all of our human is senses. Is it called No Reservations? No, you I'm are thinking, thinking of the of Catherine, Zeta, the Catherine Jones Zeta Jones film, cooking movie. which I saw in theaters and is maybe the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> anyway, we've stumbled so far away. <laughs> uh, the Sound of Water. So I'm talking about the the ocean. I'm talking about that creek. I'm talking about those like lovely little water sounds that are so soothing. Okay, can you make those with your mouth? Just to give me an example of what you're talking about. Can I about? do the wave sound? Yeah, That's do the wave easier. sound, please. Yeah, that sounds like a sick person. <laughs> it's a little Darth Vader. <laughs> a little bit. You want to try again? Oh, I'm going to go again. Yeah. <laughs> and what sound is that? <laughs> what water sound is that? <laughs> it's like the waves crashing. 
I love how water is completely silent in the ocean until it hits something and then it goes, uh-huh. <laughs> Hey, I'm not the Foley expert over here. I leave that to you. True. Uh, so the sound of water uh, actually has been studied because people love it so ding ding much. Okay. Uh, and they specifically studied its impact on stress levels and that stress hormones have dropped 20 to 30% when they have studied it. When somebody uh, listens to the sound of ocean waves, waterfalls, or splashing creeks. Hmm. Uh, they say, so the people that have studied it, like various you know sound engineers that have studied it, have said that water creates what they call like a broadband sound, which means that there aren't like little distinct noises that you pick out. It's just like a like it overwhelms your your sense of sound so much that your brain isn't trying to pick out like distinct noises. Interesting. So it's like calming in that way. This is an associate professor of biobehavioral health at Pennsylvania State says these slow whooshing noises are the sounds of non-threats, which is why they work to calm people. Uh the idea, like I said, is that you know you're not you're not hearing these distinct, less attractive noises. You're just hearing this like single sound, uh, which relaxes your brain. That's interesting. I was trying to think of something threatening that makes a a, a sound like that, and I really could. It's not like a tiger comes up at you like. Roar. <laughs> well, that's what they said. So so people are kind of trained just on like a a prime primordial level right uh to distinguish between threat and non-threat and so they did a 2012 study in a hospital setting and so even at low volumes at like a whisper level alarms from hospital equipment would wake study participants from sleep 90 percent of the time wow uh and half the time from deep sleep so that's you know shallow sleep versus deep sleep Meanwhile, the sounds of helicopters and traffic while reaching 70 decibels, which is almost twice as as much sound, did not wake participants frequently as alarms, ringing phones, and human conversations would. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I'm sitting here like thinking about this when I really don't need to. I require white noise to fall asleep at night yeah. or else I can't. Yeah, well, and that's what they talk about. Like the sound of water, in some ways, is is more relaxing than the sound of white noise. Uh, and and they think there's maybe some like you know, amniotic womb, womby sort of womb experience. quality. Yeah. yeah, or they even like I was reading this kind of like earthy explanation that talks about how like we are majority water as people, and Yo. we have evolved from water creatures Whoa. onto land. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, oh, I love that shit. In my DNA code, there's still some fish in there that's like, yeah, bud. <laughs> uh, I, so, so you before have talked about like the creek behind our house and how pleasing it is when it rains. Yes, it takes some doing, but once it's running, it's, a, it's gorgeous. We were sitting outside and there was kind of like wind in the trees, which had kind of an ocean sound to it. And it just reminded me how much I love, I just love that ocean sound. Yeah. It is very just like automatically calming. It is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then those mosquitoes would come around. Oh God. Oh, I'm so sick of those mosquitoes. <laughs> I love the creek. I love the sound it makes. I love mm-hmm. it. It's aesthetics, but the mosquitoes mm-hmm. love it even more. Mm-hmm. And it drives me crazy. Mm-hmm. If I could press a button to explode all mosquitoes, I would do it. Mm-hmm. Should you maybe run for office and have that be your platform? Hey, it's me, Griffin McRoy. I don't know how, but I'm going to poison every mosquito on the planet. <laughs> Join me in my beautiful crusade. In my hate campaign. Will I destroy parts of other parts of the ecosystem? Yes. Will there be collateral damage? Yes, absolutely. Are there things that love to eat the mosquitoes? 
Of course. And are they going to also <laughs> perish? Yes. Destabilizing the entire ecosystem. Yes. Is this an irresponsible thing for me, real Griffin McRoy, to be saying on a podcast? Absolutely it is. Of course it is. Do I hate mosquitoes that much that I don't care? Oh, yes. Yes. They bite you. That's my blood. Mm. That's my blood. Mm-hmm. I worked really hard to grow that blood inside me. Mm-hmm. I eat the hamburger and I turn it into blood in my body, I think. <laughs> And I work really hard on that so process. So it's just, is it the biting? Is it the invasiveness of the biting? Or is it the the after itching? Or is it all of it? It's all of it. The itching I get over pretty quickly. Oh, see, the itching is what I hate. I don't, But I don't like looking down and seeing a little mosquito with his snoot in my blood. Just yeah. like, <laughs> hey, partner, mind mm-hmm. if I have a little bit? I ate so many hamburgers to make that blood. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and I only have so much of it. So stop it. Hey, can I steal you away? Yes, please. It can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace. Um, there's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis-a-vis um, website design or website functionality, and you think that I could never be that. I could never be among their illustrious ranks. Griffin, if I wanted to build a website where I ranked my favorite episodes of Ghostwriter, would I be able to do that? Well, first of all, it would be the same list as everybody else's with the Julia Styles <laughs> episode at the top. But yes, you can do that with Squarespace. It's the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. Do you want to have special functionality, like maybe a members-only VIP club section of your website? You can do that. Do you want to sell stuff? Yeah, you can do that too. Do you want to have an online scheduler so that people you can, you can sell uh, your time yeah you can do that also anything is possible that's um th- for the commercial the Super Bowl commercial they had that was my voice yelling anything is possible in wow the yeah not a lot of people know that hey head to squarespace.com slash wonderful pod for a free trial and when you're ready to launch use offer code wonderful pod to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain Griffin yeah you know it's a shame what is that when you order uh, meals to be delivered to you, they can only be for dinner. That's true because of the law. But wait, wait, what's this coming across our desk? The law is different now? <laughs> it's factor. These rebels are operating outside the boundaries of food law. <laughs> factor has breakfast. They have midday bites. They have smoothies. Uh, there's lots of stuff you can get with Factor. What other things can you get with Factor? Well, I'm looking at this menu right now. They got a lot of tasty little options for you. I'm talking about artichoke and spinach chicken with roasted zucchini and tomato butter. Did you even know that butter could be tomato? <laughs> Not me. Shredded chicken and loaded mashed taters with, I changed the word. They say potatoes, but I said taters, precious. With mushroom <laughs> gravy, smoked cheddar, uh, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. Uh, this this menu is out of sight, and my mouth is just watering looking at these glossy JPEGs of tasty food. So head to factormeals.com slash wonderful50 and use code wonderful50 to get 50% off. That's code wonderful50 at factormeals.com slash wonderful50 to get 50% off. Hey, can I read a Jumbotron here? Because it would be very confusing if you read it. Yeah, sure. Uh, This one is for future Rachel, and it is from past Rachel, who says, Rachel, not you. You Thank see, you. Thank your you. Your ears perked up. You <laughs> sat up straight. 
Rachel, by the time you're hearing this, you'll be done with your thesis and have a master's degree. I've been spending a lot of time writing about Victor Frankenstein uh, and his whole deal. So I hope you're taking a break and being proud of all the hard work you've accomplished. You're amazing. Love, Rachel from the past. Congratulations, Rachel. That is a congratulations. Rachel was looking for this message to be in May, so we may have jumped the gun a little bit. Mm. If that's the case, keep on grinding on Frankenstein. You are so close. You're going to get there because past Rachel said so in a prophecy Mm -hmm. foretold by crystals. And Rachel's historically... Never wrong. Never wrong. Uh, Can I read the next one? Yes. This next message is for Felicia. It is from Austin. To Felicia, the shining star that inspires me every day. You are the greatest treasure I have ever known. You are a masterpiece of a woman, and I am eternally grateful that I am able to be your partner. I love you, my blessing of the cosmos. Yours, Austin. Holy shit. Ooh, that's grand. Blessing of the cosmos. Yeah. Do you think Felicia is, a, and a lot of people are talking about this. I read this uh-huh. in mm-hmm. a lot of the yeah, yeah, um, yeah. tabloids, mm-hmm. that Felicia is actually a constellation. That, um, I, you know, I recognize that. I think when you look to the night sky, this happens a lot, actually. Sometimes somebody will make a wish and constellation will come to life like a weird science (laughs) and come down and fall in love like a mannequin. I want to know who, if there was a movie, Mm -hmm. let's say, who would play Felicia the constellation come to life? I mean, Tyra Banks. Oh, that's good. Yeah, thank you. Gosh, that's good. Yeah. Perfect casting. Yeah. Honestly, it sounded like I had to think for a while about that, but Tyra Banks was first thought. (laughs) And then I was like, is there anybody better than Ty? And the answer was no. It's going to be Ty. Video games. Video games. Video games. You like them? Maybe you wish you had more time for them. Maybe you want to know the best ones to play. Maybe you want to know what happens to Mario when he dies. <laughs> In that case, you should check out Triple Click. It's a brand new podcast about video games. A podcast about video games? But I don't have time for that. Sure you do. Once a week, Kickback as three video game experts give you everything from critical takes on the hottest new releases to scoops, interviews, and explanations about how video games work to fascinating and sometimes weird stories about the games we love. Triple Click is hosted by me, Kirk Hamilton. Me, Jason Shire. And me, Maddie Myers. You can find Triple Click wherever you get your podcasts and listen at MaximumFun.org. Bye. Hey, can I hear your second thing? Oh, yeah. Uh, in the in the category of things that I can't believe we haven't talked about before. And I, did, I looked in the site and it said no. We hadn't talked about, speaking of soothing water noises, the water noise that soothes me the most is the noise of water being circulated to a very specific temperature so that it may cook a protein to my exact specifications. I am talking about sous vide cooking. That's right, people. It's time. Is it weird when you said circulated water? I thought you were going to talk about toilets. You thought I was... moment. Toilets are okay. I thought you were going to just express a profound appreciation for the toilet. I've talked about bidets before, almost certainly. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. because... uh, you know, that's that's another sort of, listen, I have a lot of sort of water features in this house that are important <laughs> to me, and sous vide is the number one thing. Yes. I think there's never been a better time to get into sous vide cooking. I think that it is uh, a, it, it slotted into my work from home lifestyle in a way that was like incredibly good, and I think it will therefore slot into everybody's quarantine lifestyle in a way that is similarly fantastic. 
Uh, sous vide cooking, if you do not know, is a, a method of cooking where you have a big container of water. We have a 16-quart uh, container of water with like a special lid that a water circulator slots down into. We use one by Anova, which is the uh, like general recommended brand. It's like a hundred bucks. So there is a significant price investment, but it is my favorite thing that we own in the kitchen. And you take vacuum sealed food, which you can do with a vacuum sealer. We invested in one, but you could just do water displacement where you put a thing in a bag and then lower it into the water and it pushes all the air out. Uh, and so you have this vacuum sealed food and you can put whatever else in there with the meat. Usually, like I, we will. I say meat. You can cook whatever, but like I'll put a steak in there with like some rosemary and a little pat of butter and maybe some garlic. Vacuum seal that up. Get that marinade going. Get that good flavor in there going. Drop it into the water for at the specified temperature at a specified length of time, and then you take it out, and it will be perfectly cooked through at the exact temperature that you set it at because of science and technology. Yeah, yeah, and and then, you know, you just, like, you, you sear it or whatever. And you then sear it to get some color on it. Or it's very little effort on your part. You also, like, we. I have gotten, I will admit, a little bit lazy with sous vide because, like, we were heating up some curry the other day and wanted some chicken to put in it, and I just sous vide some chicken. And you don't even have to sear it that off because it's going into a curry. You just like plop that right into the thing and it's good. I cook, I defrost shit in the sous vide now because it's a, it is a no fail way of, you can't fuck it up, which yeah. is perfect. Nothing is more frustrating to me than spending a lot of time on a kitchen project. This is why I stopped baking bread is because like it takes so fucking long uh-huh. and you work so hard at it yeah. and then it comes out and it's shit and you're like, oh God, it's, I've wasted the entire day and a significant amount of food resources on this garbage no, food. No, that's exactly true. It's like never too dry. Like there's no danger of overcooking it. Like it is, it is always perfect. You can uh, freeze stuff in advance. I had, we had one beautiful week where like on a Sunday I had like Henry took a long nap and I just prepped a bunch of different like bags in the freezer, like vacuum sealed bags of chicken and pork and steak and like all kinds of different stuff. Put that in the freezer and then you just set the circulator at the temperature that you're supposed to cook stuff at plop the frozen bags right in there, cook it for it. You can drop right in there frozen, man. You don't even have to defrost that shit. This is what I don't understand. How does it adjust the cooking time if you put it in there frozen? You have to do a little bit longer. They say like time plus 50%. But like even that has been like not necessarily true for me. That's what blew my mind, right? That you could put it in there frozen. You can put it right in there frozen. It does spike the water temperature down a little bit. So you have to wait for it to like climb back up. I think that probably adjusts for the extra time. But like everything that goes in that water ends up being the exact temperature that the water is as it's being circulated. I have never, I tell this to Griffin pretty much every time he uses the sous vide. I have never been a huge fan fan of the red meat uh, because I've had a lot of poorly cooked red meat and I have thought who wants to eat something that requires you to chew this much right turns out if it is cooked well uh, you don't have to chew that much. <laughs> yes, exactly. I, I never cooked, uh, yeah, that or pork, really. I never really messed with. We did chicken, but like never in like a, a starring role. Usually the chicken would be like a, a, you know, a thing that we would chop up and put into something else. Yeah, well, and we'd be so nervous about undercooking it that we would cook it to a temperature where it was not particularly enjoyable. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And so having this way of guaranteeing that you have cooked, I, I think for me, knowing that I have cooked this perfectly, yeah, I have made this food. Per- I-, I didn't. Technology and water and time made it perfect. Uh, but knowing that, like, I am serving up some some dish that has been cooked perfectly is so just soul satisfying to me. 
Uh, and also, like, you know, it traps in, like, all the good juices in that bag. Like, it's not just that, like, the temperature has been, like, perfectly uh, cooked. It's, like, tastes really fucking good, too. Yeah. Uh, so, like, it is an investment up front if you want, if you want like, a decent circulator and you want, like, a, a vacuum sealer to make it less of a nightmare uh, to, to do that stuff. Like, you, you are going to be spending – but, like, I cannot – it is not only uh, – given us a bunch of very, very good dinners and a bunch of very, very good meals. It has sort of like uh, added a whole nother section of of cooking to my repertoire of just like, I'm going to make a, some very good chicken thighs mm-hmm. and then serve that with a side vegetable. Like, it's not like I have to go and like find a very fancy recipe that yeah. takes hours and hours and hours to cook. Now it can just be like, here's a side dish. Here's a good protein that I know how to make. I can freeze it during, uh, you know, during a lazy weekend day and then just like, you know, four o'clock, I'll heat the water up, drop the bag in and then at dinner time, sear it off and it's good to go and it takes no time at all. It's so good. This has also become Griffin's go-to present for somebody if he is trying to figure out like some a thing for somebody that likes to cook. Uh, this is like, do they have a sous vide? No. Yeah. Okay, that is what I'm getting. I think I've gotten it for everybody at this point. It's also the present that people sleep on. They're like, oh, thanks. And yeah. then I get a text from them like three like, months it later. It looks intimidating it's to me. It's wicked not though. Like that's the that's the thing I want to stress. Because I do, I genuinely, I'm going to get goopy here. But I think it would be a good thing for people to do if they are at home. They are just sort of like struggling because they don't feel a sense of like creative satisfaction in any way. And they're looking for some Making food for me is like very creatively satisfying because you make it and you feel proud of yourself because you've made a good thing. And then also you get to eat it. And that is like, you know, that's why chefs chef, right? And but like, it was hard for me to really scratch that itch with these long ass recipes that wouldn't turn out very good. Yeah, this is a way that like, it'll slot really nicely into your day. And then you get really, really good meals that you can impress people with and eat and be satisfied by. And it's not that fancy. It really isn't. It's really easy. We're talking a lot about meat, but there's like a lot of stuff you can do. Yeah, in sure. We haven't even tried. Egg, it's you can make uh, really, really good eggs this way. You You can make creme brulee this way. You can make, um, you know, any vegetable that you want to cook through perfect. Anything you you vacuum seal is going to get cooked right. Um, You just may have to do a little bit of finishing too. But yeah, I, I, it has changed cooking for me in a, in a major way and taught me a lot about sort of like heating food, like how the way that food likes to be heated up, even when I'm not sous vide cooking, like I understand like when something is done now, because I've seen it done perfectly. Yeah. Sous vide, man, it's powerful and good. And I love it. And I'm enthusiastic about it. I have some stuff here about the history of it, but it's boring. But a chef and a scientist work together. (laughs) The end. Well, I don't want to stop you. Do you want to do you want to talk about anything about the the chef and the scientist, or it was like the seventies, and and they were they were just like they were just like doing it. The chef was working on foie gras and decided oh, that like doing yeah. it in in sub- submersion was the way to go. And then the scientist added sort of vacuum sealing into the mix, and then the two of them collaborated, and sous vide came I love out of that. that. Yeah. <clears throat> hey, what's your second thing? My second thing is somebody that I did not know much about, uh, but I wanted to explore a little bit, and I thought uh, she was pretty wonderful. Okay. It is Jeanette Rankin. Jeanette Rankin. That name is familiar. Mm-hmm. She is the first woman to hold federal office. Oh, okay. That's why. Yeah. 
Uh, She was elected to the U.S. House of Representatives from Montana in 1916 and again in 1940. Hell yeah. Wow. That's, wait, that's a huge spread, Uh Jeanette. Wow. So she lived till 92. Whoa, damn. uh, And had a super long career. She kind of started as a social worker when that was a relatively new thing. So again, so she's born in 1880. Whoa, okay. Which is even before Montana was a state. Uh, and then she, she um, probably among few women in her time period went to college, uh, and then went to school to become a social worker, uh, and then kind of lived all over the country. She spent some time in New York. Uh, she spent some time in Seattle and kind of built on the whole cause of women's suffrage, uh, which she gained some recognition for. Uh, and then became president of the Montana Women's Suffrage Association. This was back when suffrage was a state-by-state quest. Yeah. So there was no amendment at this time. It was just each state would decide whether or not they were going to let women vote. Uh, And that kind of continued um, when Rankin gained office. Uh, It was still not an amendment. And so she gained office and was the first woman elected to the House of Representatives in 1916. Uh, And she gave a speech when she won. She said, I am deeply conscious of the responsibility resting upon me uh, because she was the only woman with voting power in the country. Can you imagine? That is wild. Um, So here's something that is interesting about Jeanette Rankin. Uh, She was a pacifist, uh, did not believe in war, uh, made that very clear in her platform, was still elected. Turns out she's elected in 1916, 1917. Congress wants to go to war on Germany. Yeah. So here's- War on Germany. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to do a war on you. (laughs) That'll show you. U.S. dropped a big old war. Dropped a big war right Mm -hmm. on them, huh? So she uh, voted against that war, which you can say may not have been the right call. Uh, But she said years later, she said, I felt the first time the first woman had a chance to say no to war, she should say it. Yeah. She felt very strongly just that war was not the way to solve a problem. In general, Uh, (laughs) I think that that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's Mm -hmm. certainly other ways to solve problems. Mm -hmm. Uh, So by 1917, women had been granted some form of voting rights in about 40 states. And so Rankin, as a member of Congress, created a committee on women's suffrage. And then in January 1918, the committee delivered its report to Congress and Rankin opened the debate. Uh, After ratification by three-fourths of the state, it became the 19th Amendment. All right. Yeah. Yeah. in 1918, she ran for Senate and lost, uh, unfortunately. So then she spent some time just kind of doing some community organizing around the country, doing a lot of work for the labor movement. Yeah. Uh, she spent some time with minors. Uh, she spent some time getting people the right to an eight-hour workday. Uh, and then in 1940, at the age of 60, she showed up again in Congress. Guess who's back? <laughs> back again. Brian Ken's back. Um, and she was the only member of Congress to vote against the declaration of war on Japan. Uh, she was just completely destroyed for this. 
um, when she voted against it, they everybody was encouraging her to abstain because they knew that she didn't believe in war and was going to vote against it. Right. Including her own brother. She received a cable. So she's one of six. Her brother uh, was very wealthy and financed a lot of her campaign. Uh, her brother sent her a cable that said, Montana is 100% against you. <laughs> <laughs> Good Lord. And Thanks, bro. <laughs> Uh, after she voted, a crowd of reporters pursued her into a cloakroom, uh, and she had to call the Capitol Police to, to escape, basically. Uh, she said, everyone knew that I was opposed to the war, and they elected me, and I voted as the mothers would have had me vote. Uh, so she, I mean, she was principal. Yeah, sure. Like, say what you will about whether or not she was right. She was definitely uh, principled. Uh, after she finished her time in Congress, because... Perhaps understandably, she did not run for re-election. Right. Uh, people did not respond well to her vote. Uh, she spent a lot of time traveling. She went to India uh, and studied the pacifist teachings of Gandhi. Uh, and then in the 60s and 70s, and granted, this is when she is like in her 80s. Yeah. Uh, she mobilized in response to the Vietnam War. Damn. Uh, in 1968, uh, she led a coalition of women's peace groups and organized the largest march by women since the suffrage parade of 1913. Uh, she led 5,000 participants to the Capitol building. Uh, <laughs> apparently, even in her 90s, in 1972, she considered a third house campaign. <laughs> Hell yeah, get on that Robert C. Byrd track. But at that point, she had significant illnesses. Yeah. Uh, she died in 1973 at the age of 92. She left her estate to start a scholarship fund. Uh, so this is a annual educational scholarship for low-income women 35 and older. So she started with a single, or the foundation rather, started with a single $500 scholarship in 1978, and the fund has since awarded more than $1.8 in scholarships to more than 700 women. That's fantastic. Isn't that cool? It's specifically women 35 and older, which I love. You know, I mean, as a woman who had a lot of success in her older years, I feel like she's saying like, hey, it's not too late to get started. Yeah. Uh as of 2019, she is still the only woman that has been elected to Congress for Montana. I oh don't my, know. Wow. Oh, my <laughs> yeah, God. Yes. Isn't that crazy? Um, I mean, which speaks to how challenging, like, and what an accomplishment it is. Yeah. Um, she told in 1972, so a year before her death, she spoke at the Montana Constitutional Convention. And she said, if I am remembered for no other act, I want to be remembered as the only woman who ever voted to give women the right to vote. That's Isn't that incredible? Yeah, that's really neat. How cool is that to like to be somebody kind of at the forefront and then to get to make the vote that like ensures that everybody else will get to yeah, vote as well. It's fucking radical. It's a cool lady. I didn't know a lot about her. You know, you hear about a lot of the kind of the notable women in history and she was not somebody I knew a lot about. So it's yeah. cool to cool to discover her over the past few days. Yeah. A lot of notable women this episode. Her, mm -hmm. Carly, Carly Rae Jepsen. Yeah. I guess that's it. <laughs> you. Oh, thanks. Hey, uh, can I tell you what our friends at home are talking about? Yes. Well, of course, I'm going to tell you as I find them the notes 
Here they are. Uh, Grace says, I find jigsaw puzzles just wonderful. There's something so satisfying about finding the exact little place a puzzle piece is meant to be in such a vast picture. I love watching the picture build and the rush of realizing two groups of pieces actually belong together in one big puzzle chunk. It gives me a real sense of accomplishment. So much puzzling out there right now. I, I remember reading an article about how like puzzles are scarce. Like... There's a puzzle <laughs> shortage. I like to think that there there is one executive at the top of the puzzle ladder mm. that just like woke up, saw the news, and was like, oh, that's terrible. I Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Fire up the presses. Get ready. Get those puzzles ready. Let's go. <laughs> uh, Katie says, when a recipe calls for packed brown sugar, I've always loved that it holds its shape and looks like a little sugar sandcastle when you pour it from the measuring scoop into the recipe. This one hit me hard. <laughs> I have been doing a lot of that. So I've been making a lot of muffins these yes. days. They almost always call for brown sugar. Mm. It is like, it's like kinetic stand. It's like that yes. texture is just so pleasing. It smells good too. Man, I love the way brown sugar mm-hmm. smells. That's weird, but it's mm-hmm. true. Hey, you know what else is weird but true? But when an Augustus <laughs> let us use our theme song, When He Won't Pay, you can find a link to that in the episode description. And uh, thank you to Maximum Fun for having us on the network. Thank you, Maximum Fun, for hosting our show, for hosting all of the great shows. I absolutely love this network and the community of people. I would encourage anybody and everybody to go to MaximumFun.org and discover a new show. Or Rachel will find you in your house. I will find you, and I will give you the biggest hug, and I will say, come on, let love in. Yeah, maybe that's our positive affirmation this week. (laughs) Let love in. Is just just wait for Rachel to come to your house. Leave the leave a window open for Rachel. <laughs> leave a glass of wine. Leave a glass of wine on the counter. She'll mm-hmm. be there. She likes a Merlot. Leave a chair open. Leave a chair for well, two chairs. One for one for Elijah. Elijah. Mm-hmm. And one for me. And one for Rachel. <laughs> She'll be there. And I'll hug that chair. She'll hug that chair. She'll hug Elijah as well. Yeah. No, this is remarkable actually because I am not much of a hugger, uh, no. as you all know. But in this time. And this time, it's the worst possible time for you to be a hugger. <laughs> what are you doing? Don't go to people's houses and hug them. Okay. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported. Hey, podcast fan. We have a quick favor to ask. We'd like to get a better idea of who you are and what you care about. So if you have a couple moments to spare, go to MaximumFun.org slash ad survey. There, we've got a short anonymous survey that won't take any more than 10 minutes to fill out. Plus, if you finish it, you'll get a 10% discount on our merch at the MaxFun store. MaxFun shows have always relied on support from our members and always will. The survey will help keep the few ads we do run relevant and interesting for you. Again, that's MaximumFun.org slash ad survey, all one word. And thanks for your help.